As a business professional, you want to eliminate friction in your business and life and be in control of your daily results to see progress in achieving your goals. Being productive is a continuous improvement process that everybody struggles with in one way or another. Welcome to the Productivity Mastery Method podcast. I'm your host, Chris Nixon, and I'm a productivity consultant. Every week, I'll share tips, insights, and interviews with guest experts that will help you think critically so you can take actionable steps to be more productive. Now that we've got this out of the way, let's dive into the episode. I'd like to start by inviting you to share your name and the field of work that you do. So my name is Danielle Ralston. I actually have three things that I do. I own a digital marketing and OBM agency, online business management. I am also a master life and business coach for neurodiverse entrepreneurs, specifically ADHD entrepreneurs. And then I also still consult in the corporate world doing CMO and COO uh, type work. So neurodiverse is the correct term. What about neuroatypical? Is that different? It's the same. Uh, Just we most like to use the words neurodiverse to describe ourselves. Young people coming up who are discovering they are, uh, I'll call themselves neurodiverse. I'm really happy to talk to you today because this is specifically a topic that I want to get to know more about and actually get more for the audience and you're really the first one that is going to openly you know use those terms at least and talk about it in that respect so i I think this is going to be real helpful for me and the audience so a goal planning system is everything that essentially helps you achieve goals and that includes right down at the task level managing those tasks all the way up to uh, managing your day-to-day work setting goals and achieving them it can be comprised of one large system or several smaller systems as one large system and during this series we like to talk about these goal planning systems and the journey to refining the one that works best for you so how does your goal planning system play a part in your life and the work you described oh without it i would well without it i was a huge disaster um I tell a story 17, 18 years ago, I, uh, working in IT as a project manager and, uh, um, I was leading a team of 25, I think, uh, we lost a 12 and a half million dollar client. Why? Because I didn't answer emails that I missed. Oh, because I was literally managing everything on post-it notes for a team of 25 and handing out through Skype. Yes. That's how old I am. Handing out Skype tests everybody instead of managing it correctly we had a help desk system we weren't using it because i didn't make anybody use it we had a wiki we weren't using that because i wasn't making anybody use that and i lost a 12 and a half million dollar client so went okay i have to get my crap together how do i get my crap together that sent me down learning how to be a coach and learning more about adhd i've known i was adhd my whole life even being the age that i am i was actually diagnosed as multi as uh, mentally retarded as a child, because my ADHD was so severe. So it, I've known that there was something wrong until I was about 12 when somebody's like, oh, we know what this is. Mm-hmm. Your ADHD, this is how we deal with it. I had that one teacher, of course, and she actually taught me my planning strategy. At 12 years old, this is when I learned this. And that was a six-step planning system. Mm-hmm. And I've modified it and refined it and stuff over the years. And this is the core of what I still teach my clients and help my clients get over their own ADHD crazy chaos that we all have. Of course, it's it's modified. I think I've owned every digital planner, every physical planner, every notebook, every planning system thing out there ever in the last 15 years. 
Mm-hmm. Ask my husband. I think I bought all of them. Um, I am smart enough to buy undated things, uh, but it, it took me a while to learn how to implement it in a business situation. And at this point, I've got it down really, really, really well. And I teach so many business owners how to do this for themselves. But I have a phrase that I went with, and it's plan your plan. You better evaluate your plan. You better prioritize your plan. So your plan is well planned. And I have that on my social media. I mean, I use that all the time. I say it in most of my trainings, but it's not one thing. I think that was the biggest lesson I had to learn. And I learned it at 12, but then forgot it when it came to business. Mm. Okay. So let's go back to when you were 12. Can you remember those specific six steps? Well, they're built into this because the teacher and I are still really, really good, good, good friends. So how to brain dump. Get everything out of your head. Your brain is never for remembering anything. That's not what it's for. Your brain is not for the memory, the short-term memory of stupid little tasks. It's for doing the things and mm-hmm. getting them done and then breaking them down. Don't try to remember all the steps that go with the thing. By I love the, well, I wrote the thing down to jog my memory so I remember what to do. No, write all of the things down that have to be done. Mm-hmm. especially if you're busy, because if you don't write down all the steps, how many steps are you going to miss? I don't care whether you're not neurodiverse or ADHD or a mom or a husband or somebody in an office who has to travel an hour to work every day. You're going to forget something. Mm-hmm. Something is going to get lost. So write that, write it all down. Okay. Just getting it out of your head. That's, I think that's the biggest thing I forget to do sometimes, even still. So number one is the brain dump. Number two is break it all down. Break it all down. And then evaluate it, categorize it out. What is this a personal task? Is this a marketing task? Is this an administrative task? I break them out by their categories because I, I will tell you as an ADHD business owner, there are days I do not want to handle accounting, bookkeeping, anything. I only have one day a week that I make myself do that because I hate those tasks. Like I really hate those tasks. But sometimes I have to dive in and do them because I have to invoice a client or I have to see where the, a client is in their payment. You know, all of those I have members for that but sometimes even I still have to dive in and figure that out and but if I break the steps up I can delegate them and I don't have to do them if I wait until the last second is part of a bigger thing that has to be done I got to have it now then I got to do it myself right okay so the step three is evaluate can you remember step four so step four rank important rank okay and step so five. step five is to break it down into the daily so you've got importance of when it has to be done, but it doesn't necessarily all have to be done on Monday when you do it and your brain dump for the week. Okay. You could spread it out throughout the week. So breaking it up into that thing. And then three steps, three things in front of you at a time. That's it. Not the huge brain dump list, not the huge categorized list. None of that. Three things to do at a time in front of you. I call it the pretty planner version. You can have a pretty planner when you only write things, three things in it at a time, and then you could check them off. Yeah. And then you can add three more if you have time for more. But very simple, very cute, very done, and very easy to process. Okay, so you've got the planner. You've got the three items in there. You've completed three of them. Where do you go to get more? So go back to that prioritize plan and, and the daily breakdown. Uh-huh. Go back to, back to that list. And yes, that means I have a notebook with the brain dump. And then I have the next version of it. And I have the next version and I'm adding to that large brain dump list and I'm crossing things off. Dopamine hits. Every time you cross something off, it's a dopamine hit. Uh-huh. So I keep, I keep the little pretty version where I get to check it off. And then I've got the big list where I can see it all accumulating and in, in knocking off, but just keep going back for three more as you finish off the three that are in front of you. Okay. I'm supposed to work until 5 PM today. I still have room for to get more done. Mm-hmm. 
So let, let's uh, go back then to the actual main technical components of your system. What, what are all the little pieces that come together? So I always start on paper. I like the feedback of being on paper. Mm-hmm. That is really, really important to me. So I brain dump and categorize out on paper. Uh, then my categories go into Trello. I love Trello because you can move it around. Asana has something similar where you've got the, the list with the cards and you move things around really easily. And my assistant has access to that. So she can mm-hmm. see my chaos and she can remind me and keep me on track as well. But it's, it's a really easy way to share it all out. And then we use Monday when anything is delegated. Mm-hmm. Monday is our choice um, for delegating out to our whole entire team. That way things can get all organized and assigned out to the right person with all the right details that they need. Um, but my final three steps at a time always goes back to a physical planner. Okay, so t- t- Trello is is the the stuff that you're thinking about that's a little bit more organized than the brain dump, right? And the the Monday is the stuff that is uh, project management with the team type stuff. Yep. Okay. And then my stuff goes back to a physical planner. I mm-hmm. want to plan. I like the feedback of handwriting. Um, I'm more likely if I handwrite it out and do it in the pretty planner and have that those final steps. I'm more likely to get them done. If I keep the I tried to be digital so much for Mm -hmm. all of that. And I learned a long time ago, I need that feedback of pen and paper. Um, I've tried using this for planning. This is great for my note taking with clients, but I need a physical planner. I've learned it's just how my brain works. It it gives me that feedback. And again, things like dopamine and serotonin by physically crossing something off the list. Because when you do it digitally, it disappears after you check it off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you don't get that feedback. You you don't get to bask in the reward for a little while right and and that's really important yeah so okay so now trello monday and then you've got your paper planner again so what does it look like for you in a typical day a morning when you take out your paper planner and you're going to go and get some stuff to put in the planner right yes so when i start a day i i use a planner that's um like salons use for signing out things so this is one day i've just got a couple things that had to be done and that's what it start, starts out looking like. Okay, so that's a five-day five grid? Yep, five-day okay, grid. Got it. But by the end of the day, it can look like this, that, that here, where yeah. I keep adding things in. And I color code because I, I, I feel good if I'm color coding. So when you um, open that, uh, it's, it's just a, a ringed book, and it's got essentially seven columns and all the time slots, right? Yes. So this is what a clean one looks like. Yeah. So that's just a booking, like a booking calendar. Okay. Yep. And I think this is like $10 on Amazon or something like that. That has been my my favorite way to do this because I can color code it. I can add stickers if I want to. If there's something I really want to make sure I pay attention to, again, color coding. Um, but I cycle around planners. I buy undated planners mm-hmm. so that at Christmas, I have a Christmas planner. I think I've used it for three years in a row because it's, a, I, okay, I am a girl. I am an ADHD girl. I want all of the pretty things. So I have a Christmas planner. It's undated, but it's got all of the stickers that goes with it. And it's all red and green and got Christmas trees all over the borders and all of that. But it's undated. So I just go through and I use it because most people use it from like it's meant to be used from October to January or something like that. So I've used it a few years in a row Mm -hmm. just to do my December planning. And I've got a fall planner that I do the same thing with in October and November. I think I actually have to buy a new one this year. Gee, what a shame. Um, But but. By buying an undated thing, Uh I'm not wasting anything. I could pick it up and put it down whenever I want. 
if I feel like I want to do something all in a purple something this week, I do it in purple. If I want to do it in pain, you know, whatever it is, that feedback that you need. And that's a really important thing for ADHD people is they have, they cycle through their habit and their needs, Mm -hmm. visual needs, tactile needs, auditory needs. I have one client that one week she could be using a digital planner. One week she could be using a physical planner. The next week she might be using only post-it notes and spreading them all over her desk. So it's just a little bit of change mixed in in order to keep it interesting. Exactly. And I hear a whole bunch of fun being baked into yours. So it sounds like, you know, having fun with the Christmas planner and the different seasons really helps you stay on track. Exactly. Because it, it's, it's all about visual feedback. Mm-hmm. And I think that's even tr- that's true even for some of my neurotypical clients that having that makes that planning process something they look forward to versus something they dread doing. Mm-hmm. So can you uh, tell us you you mentioned you you owned every planner on the planet I think was the word you used. <laughs> can you mention some of them and just talk about you know what was good about them, what attracted you to them, and maybe why it didn't work out for you? So I've used the Erin Condren planners. So there, there, she has a couple different versions. I actually still use one of them as one that I jump around with. Um, and it's, it's got the month and then it's got weekly grid layouts. It looks like a monthly calendar, but that's meant for weekly planning. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if I have a lot going on and a lot of projects going on and I need to see multiple people's projects when we're re- like really busy in building season for like building websites and stuff, it's really helpful for me to be able to see a breakdown like that. And Erin Condren, part of why I like Erin Condren is it's nice, heavy cardstock, not quite cardstock paper, but it's really, really heavy. So I can use a marker. I don't have to be careful when I'm using on it. Um, so that I can color things in, I can cross things out, I can erase things a million times if I need to. And that that can be important, the, the heaviness of the paper. Um, the other one that I've used, and yes, I prepared for this call, is um, Brendan Bruchard has the uh, high performance planner. And I like the idea of this, but um, he's got daily pages and then the monthly pages and the day and night. There's too many questions. There's too many things to do. And I get bored with it. I think I, I've used four pages in this, so I get bored with it fast. Like I'll, I'll feel like I need the extra feedback someday with all the motivational pieces and all of that. And, and sometimes come in here for the questions, but for the most part, I just find it too busy. Okay. It's harder, harder to do. Um, there's the inspirational planner out there right now. That's for ADHD people specifically. And that thing drives me nuts. It is so busy and has so many things going on that I just can't even begin to handle it. Um, but even things as simple as, I know I got it right here, as getting like just a day designer monthly planner. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's all I need because I have not much going on. So I'll probably use this in December. Um, because my December and my January are generally, we don't do very much at all for those. So I may plan out my team stuff on here and then make sure it ends up in Monday and pop it over there because we're usually pretty quiet and they take most December off. I okay, just so you're, so you're planning it out on paper and then stuffing it into Monday for the team as well. Yes. So so tell me about that. How, how does that work better for you? Um, it allows me to move things around and just visualize time management better. Um, mm-hmm. If I put it in Monday, I see this huge list of things in Monday. And yes, yeah. you can look at it at a calendar. You get multiple views. But I, for some reason, digitally, I just can't wrap my head around that. So for me to know that, well, Susan only has 40 hours the week of August 15th to work. So I need to make sure that everything I signed to her only adds up to that. It's just so much easier for me to handwrite it out. Don't ask, don't ask me why. I just know that that is always true. And if I've got a lot to plan, handwriting is always going to, I'm going to mess less things. 
if I do it that way than if I do it just straight to digital. And obviously I do have a, an assistant who's checking my work and making sure that things things are planned right and everything's getting into where it needs to go, which is very helpful. But because there's multiple steps, I actually am able to do it. If I skip any of those steps, something is going to end up broken or missed or something. Mm -hmm. So that is such an important part. When I don't plan, things take me 10 times, like literally 10 times as long than if I plan them out and spend an hour planning each week, then everything runs really, really smooth for me. So there's a saying that comes to mind. It's that if you have one clock, you always know what time it is, but if you have two, you're never quite sure. Mm-hmm. And that comes to mind because you've got the, the paper version you planned out, then you put it in Monday. So is there a little bit of anxiety there if, if you start changing things in Monday now? Do you have to go back and change it on the paper or is it like one way and then forget about the paper? How do you manage keeping it in sync? Um, I don't usually keep them in sync very well. Um, once I do the planning and everything's a Monday, then actually it gets turned over to my project management and my my, my assistant and the project mm-hmm. management team take it from there. So if there are any changes or modifications and stuff, they handle all of those things. This just allows me to keep my thumb on the pulse and make sure I know what's going on in the business and making sure that nothing is missed. I do most all of the strategy calls with the clients. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of that. But the other part that keeps me from missing anything is I use Otter AI on every single strategy call. So I'm taking notes in there. I'm highlighting things, adding action pieces for my assistant. Um, And I have been known most of my clients are very used to this is they'll say, Hey, Gina, do X, Y, Z, even if she's not on the call with us. So that Otter AI says, picks up the, Hey, Gina. So all she's got to do is search for her name and see the a- action items that need to be done so that she is verifying that everything got transferred over the way it needed to be. Is there a more efficient way to do that? Absolutely. I'm sure there is, but this is what I have found works very well for my team. And I. Well, the most efficient way for you is the one that you found works, right? Exactly. And I'm, I'm the boss. So they have to do what I say. So if, can you explain just a little bit more what Otter AI is and, and who might use it? So Otter AI is a transcription software and it does live transcription. So Zoom does live transcription as well. And it's terrible compared to Otter AI. Um, you can add Otter AI to a Google call or a Zoom call or even a Facebook live Um so this and, otter just joins the call just like another attendant and just kind of hangs yes. out there and does some stuff. And, hang, and and transcribes everything. And when you use their system and use like a full version of it, I can then walk, uh, be in otter in the program itself and add in nuggets. I can highlight anything that was just said and put an action item next to it. I can assign things to anybody that the, the particular conversation has been assigned to. Again, I can call out my my assistant's name, Gina, and say, hey, Gina, make sure that XYZ gets done. And, and sometimes I'll interrupt the client and go, hey, wait a second, Gina. And, and that's all I'll say. And then we'll continue the conversation. My clients have all been warned about this ahead of time so that Gina knows that there was something around there that she needs to read through and make sure that there isn't an action item to be done. Um, I can share the notes with the client afterwards. So they go in my client notes files. My clients have access to them so they can reread them. And the audio file is directly synced up with that inside of Otter. Right. So that you're not just getting this weird transcription that doesn't make sense. You're you're hearing the audio right along with what's transcribed so that you can get the context of the conversation again if you need to pick it up or somebody who is listening in to try to figure out what all these notes are for. They can actually listen in, follow along where everything falls within the time frame of the conversation and the timestamps. It's it's amazing. It cost me $30 a month and it, it has saved so much 
for my team and I. So I don't have to have an assistant on a call anymore. She could just check in afterwards, maybe buzz through. Um, but usually she just has to look for her name. I've gotten really good at highlighting or saying her name over the years. And it's fantastic addition to my tech stack for my team. So we've talked quite a bit about the, the nuts and bolts about how you do day to day and planning projects and things. What if we go back to the other end of the, you know, the vision and goals? Talk, talk to us about that. So I do 12 week year. I'm very much a huge fan of using the 12 week year framework. Mm-hmm. So every 90 days I am starting from scratch. What's my next 90 days going to look like? What are my sales goals? What are my lead generation goals? What are my social media goals? I mean, we write everything down. What are the stats that we're looking for? What do we need to have as a team? Why do I want to do them? And then I'm a prolific journaler and I spend about 45 minutes every morning journaling and doing mindset work and all of that. And that gets rolled into and kind of folded into that whole 12 week year system so that I'm keeping a pulse on where I, where my business is and where I want it to head. I think I try, I tried to do yearly and I redid the plan so many times that it didn't look anything like it started with and nothing was on track and it kept getting off track and it was hard to get it back on track. Nothing gelled together, but by doing it every two weeks, I'm very easily able to hit the goals. It's very rare that we don't hit our goals every single time. Do you exceed them by a lot sometimes? Sometimes, yes. Um, I will tell you the pandemic was fantastic to us. Um, we tripled in size. Wow. Um, so that was, it happened so fast. It was, oh no, everybody's shutting down. We might need to shut down. In the first three weeks, we had clients dropping off like flies or putting Mm -hmm. things on hold and not wanting to do anything. And I started doing lives and talking about, well, just because the world is shut down, we aren't, we're all online. Why is everybody slowing down and thinking about this? This is your time to really stand out because everybody's stuck at home. Nobody's doing anything that's normally at work day to day. Think about, they're thinking about starting their own businesses and not the horror of having to go back to a job or ride the train to work. I mean, let's think about this here. And I started, it took me about a week to realize, oh, I should be talking about that. Oh, I should be talking. So I started going live every single day talking about it. And we skyrocketed, which I wasn't planning on. I thought I'd get my clients back in the door and moving again. I didn't expect this whole new uh, bunch of clients. So my team and I actually had to step back and redo our 12 weeks because we were like, okay, none of this is going to (laughs) work. We need to reevaluate. So being able to be that flexible, that's why that 12 weeks is so nice because it's super easy to change direction if you need to, Mm -hmm. slow it down if you need to, speed it up if you need to, all of those. So you talked about using some different tools, I think for the same thing, like you know, you have a different planner that you're using, or yeah, booklet planner that you're using over Christmas mm-hmm. uh, for the holidays, but you're not really doing your system different. You're just using a, for lack of a better term, a different color or a different design exactly. to keep it interesting. So what, what uh, keeps you sticking to your overall system that you use? Um, my, I had Gina, my assistant is, is, um, she is a project manager. Mm-hmm. She is very logical, very methodical. And I changed in her first six months, I changed systems on her, tech systems on her five times. And she knows me very well, mind you. So she could get away with this. She sat me down and told me she was going to choke me or slap me or stab me. She wasn't quite <laughs> sure which, which, which version was going to come up. And I better watch it if I didn't just pick one system. She goes, you love to change what you're doing in your notebooks and fine. I don't care. 
but whatever we're using has to stay the same or we're going to start falling apart as a team or failing as a team. She's like, this is what I had to clean up. And this is how many hours you had to pay me for last month to clean up the fact that you changed all of these things. I think I paid her 80 extra hours or something. Mm, so so that was extra hours just, just to keep up with the changes, nothing value created. Right. So that was a, oh, ooh. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can't do that anymore. Nope. 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 I need my things. I could change as much as I want. Color code to my heart content, do whatever. But when it comes to the tech system, they have to stay the same. And there, I, I'm not going to lie. There, there have been times where I'm just too frustrated by using that stuff. And I have taken screenshots with my phone of my written stuff and handed it to Gina and said, here, I can't stand the thought of even going in Trello today. Here, this is yours. Yeah. She charges me an extra five hours when I do that every single time. So I don't do it often, but Sometimes I just need that mental break. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So would you mind sharing some of the big successes that you've essentially credit to following your system? Because I follow my system and because I've got my clients to follow it. And I I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, for myself, obviously I own a successful coaching business and consulting and agency that says something to my systems right there. We have steady work. We had steady work all through the pandemic. Um, I mean, obviously, like I said, we saw the dip at at the beginning. We're seeing a dip now. But because we're seeing a dip now, I knew as soon as I started seeing the stats change and our dip coming that I needed to do something to get more visible and do more things online. And so I I decided I'm going to do a visibility challenge for our agency so that I can get a lot of people in teaching them how to get visible on their social media. People hate doing social media for themselves. I've gotten four sales calls. Brilliant. But because I can track that and we can see that and because the systems are there, we see those changes and we see them quickly. Um, I also, because of that tracking, I know December or January are absolute dead. It's not worth us doing Black Friday sales. It's not worth us doing any of that stuff because our clients are taking that time off. They're spending time with their families. They're putting it into Christmas for their families, whatever. My clients are going to most likely pause and it's okay. We know that that's a downtime. Everybody's prepared for that because we have systems in place and we've tracked it all. We know that's coming. Rather than making myself nuts because I did that for years, trying to do a Black Friday sale and trying to do a Christmas sale, like a small business Saturday, none of that works for us because mm-hmm. our clients are paying attention to their own things, doing their own sales and stuff. They're not paying attention to mine. Um, and that's fine because my systems work. Now, teaching my clients these systems, I have a client that went from, she was making $800 a month when she started with me. And I asked her what she'd be doing for clients. How many, how many, she, she's a coach. How many sessions do you have left with your clients? She had no idea. We, I had to show her how to search her acuity calendar to figure out how many sessions she'd already done so that we could, she had one client she'd been giving three months of extra service to that, that hadn't been paid for. Oh my. <laughs> so by the time we got her systems in place and people invoiced correctly, mm-hmm. we increased her income to $3,000 a month just by doing that. Wow. And, and now she's at $15,000 a month, a year and a half later. That's what she's earning consistently for the last year. So implementing the system has not only improved the accuracy, but also has enabled her to do much more. Oh yeah. She thought she could only handle three to five clients at a time. She does 14. Wow. That's a huge change. Well, and she's billing all of the clients correctly all the time. <laughs> so are you still keeping a pulse with her or is she off on her own now? Nope. Uh, we do weekly strategy calls. That's all she has uh, has our team for now. Now that we've got her cleaned up and she has systems, we built all of her systems out for her mm-hmm. um, and she uses them. And once in a while, she'll have me come in and just take a look and make sure everything is still running right and, and doing things right if there's an update. Um, 
her systems are, she uses Dubsado and Dubsado is a full client management system. A lot of coaches use it. It handles from initial uh, prospective call, contract, contract signing, invoicing, forms be filled out, tracking of sessions, all of that. So she uses that and then she uses Monday. And those are the two things that she uses to keep track of everything. And that's all she needs. Mm -hmm. She doesn't even have a website or anything. That's just what she uses. And that works perfectly fine for her. I have other clients that have 50 different systems in place because that's what they need. And she had a team of seven VAs at one point trying to do all of the things. And now she has just two really good systems in her. And then me for strategy. Wow. That that is a huge change. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. So Danielle... Everybody experiences setbacks in life from time to time. Having a good system in your corner can really help. So are you, uh, do you have any setbacks that you could share and more particularly how the system has helped you navigate those? Um, So setbacks, absolutely. Pandemic. And that's going to be the easiest one to talk about. Mm -hmm. We all, I saw the setback. I saw it. I saw it on paper. I felt it. I mean, we all mentally felt it. The mental strain of that. And I'm going to tell you, I added in a thousand mile move. We moved from New York State to Alabama in the middle of the pandemic. Um, the, we shut down March, what, 18th, 17th, 16th, whatever, what, whatever that was. And we moved July. So I, my business going down. The whole world was going down. My, I had to get my house ready to sell mm-hmm. and it was not ready to sell. Sell it, pack it, find some place to move and then move in the middle of all of that. And we're looking at our data for the business and going, we just had four clients pause indefinitely. What do we do? We're going to have to start laying people off. I mean, we, I do contract most, most of my team members are contract employees, but still I, I was going to have to let them go. And we're looking at things and moving things around. And how do we do this? And I'm like, well, let's look at the data. What do we, what have we done in the past that has worked for us? And oh, everybody's staying at home because I'm looking at the data. I had mm-hmm. data. I could look at the data. And go, oh no, we're going to have some major issues issues here if we don't do X, Y, Z. And this time it worked. Have I had other times that it hasn't worked? Absolutely. But I at least have something to track. And I have that, I, again, I've been doing this off and on for 25 years. So I have so much data to track and so many things that I can look back at. And because I journal prolifically, let me tell you, my journal is gold sometimes, even when my data is not. Because I can look back and say, oh, 2009, I saw XYZ in the world. And oh, this is kind of like that recession. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it going, I've had seven clients over the last six months cut their invoicing down in half because they can't keep going because they're not seeing what they need. And I was thinking about it. And it's like, okay, we need to do something about this. I don't know what to do. I don't have recession data like because I wasn't tracking as well back then as I am now. Um, and Okay, so in 2009, there wasn't as much data that I could track because I wasn't, didn't have all of these online systems, but I was able to go back to my journals and take a look at them. Oh, this is what I should do. Oh, I should do this. And oh, and, and it, it's an inspirational thing. And I think even going back to somebody else, another business person who's been there, and I've been looking for podcasts from back then and YouTube stuff from which there's not that much, let me tell you. Uh, because I don't know why I thought I could find a ton of stuff on YouTube from 2009, but you can't really, not from business people at least. <laughs> um, but going back and looking for podcasts and blog posts and stuff from people, small business owners that survived that time. I think that's something that we often forget to do is look up other people's reactions, interactions, what they had to do to get through it has mm-hmm. been a huge inspiration. Because then they, I get 
thinking. I'm like, well, I could, well, that's a good idea. I could do something like that, make that work. So if we go back to the the systems that you specifically have now then, and with the, the, the thought about being able to go back and look at data, what would that look like? Are you mining through uh, Monday for the, you know, what were we working on a year ago? Or what do you mean by data there? Running reports. I can run a report uh, from date to date and see what we were working on, see how many hours were worked. I can pull it and filter that data. Oh, okay. A thousand different ways. Um, same thing. Trello is harder to do with that. Like Trello is super, you're not going to get that kind of data from Trello or even Asana. Asana is better than Trello, but it's not as good as Monday. I think one of the biggest things I see a lot of, and I have this conversation with so many small business owners, is you want to pick those free tools to use. Trello, you can use the free version of it. I don't have to pay for it. Asana, I can use the free version of it. I don't have to pay for it. Oh, Monday's too expensive. Okay, Monday is an expensive tool for a team of five. It's hundred dollars a month, but I have data. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If I was using Asana, I could look back and see what we were working on, how many hours it took, but not. Uh, there's hardly anything else I could get from that where Monday I can see who was working and what times they were working and what type of content we were creating or work we were doing, how many hours it took, how many hours I billed the client for it versus what I paid out for it. I mean, I can get without having to go to my accounting program and to this and to that and to the, I mean, just, I don't have to go a million places. I can go one. So is that reporting baked right into Monday or is that a, something you have to configure or customize to make it do that? They have a lot of templates for it. I, I think I've customized a template or two, like adding a column to them type customizing, not not having to do much to them because they're right there. They uh-huh. have all of that built in. I come from Salesforce world and Microsoft Dynamics world, coming from the IT world and, and being a certified person and all of that. And Monday gives me almost all the same stuff that I could pick up from an ERP tool like Salesforce. Wow. And Salesforce, that's a massive tool. Salesforce is $90 a month for me to have like all of the pieces that I have on Monday is $90 a month per person Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or a hundred dollars a month for five. No contest. Even just looking at the overall diagram of Salesforce on their website, it's, it's, it's full of big clouds everywhere. It's massive. Right? It, it, it's it's massive. And, and Monday does not do everything Salesforce does. But for a small business, it does enough and you can still pull the data and you can create some of that yourself yes. if, if you know to track it. Yeah, Salesforce is definitely a completely different league. Like you say, it's an enterprise resource system as opposed to a project management system. Right. You know, the, the important thing is to get something that's appropriate for what you need and fits, right? Right. And, and not try to premium everything. Free doesn't, isn't free, especially when it comes to small business. I have a story. I have a client that refused to pay $5 a month for three years while they waited to move to a new building and have a new building mm. for a piece of their CM. $5 a month for three years. Refused to pay for it. Did everything manually. And we're like, when you move... You're combining with another business and you're going to be using this system. If we paid $5 a month for this thing, it will allow us to migrate the data and, and sync it to the new software when we do this move. Yeah. Nope, not paying that. <laughs> cost him $25,000 to have us manually put it in. Wow. It would have cost him, I think, three to $500 for the $5 a month. Okay, so how do you make that decision correctly then? So I'm a small business owner, maybe I'm, I'm a solopreneur and I'm looking at, Something like uh, Asana, you know, I'm trying to decide, can I get by with a freemium or do I need to 
pay for a subscription? So always look at, no matter what software you're looking, is if I have to move off of this, have a, this is what I want to start with, and this is my goal. My goal, I will tell you, my goal is still to get to Salesforce someday. Okay. How how am I going to get to my biggest goal? What do I, what format does everything need to be in? Because you're going to want all your old data. I don't think, care whether you think you want, oh no, that's not going to be that big of a deal. You're going to want all your old data. How do I go from here to Salesforce? So you're thinking about either scaling or migration potential. Yeah. So what format does Salesforce need to see? Mm-hmm. Figure out, I know what that is. It's a CSV, but it's got certain criteria and all of that. So I know what that has to look like. Asana will not give that to me, even the paid version. Mm-hmm. I looked at ClickUp. ClickUp will not give that to me, not even the paid version. What did I need to be on to get to where I eventually want to be? Monday will give it to me the way I need it without me having to do hours of work, to make it work. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts they should be considering? Keep it simple. Okay. Don't use Trello and Asana and this and that. I think I had one client who had 22 systems at one point. Wow. Why are we using 22 things? Well, sometimes clients want to be invoiced on PayPal and sometimes they want to be invoiced on Stripe and sometimes they want to be invoiced Square at some point. And I'm like, Stripe and Square do the same thing. Why mm-hmm. did it? And okay, sometimes clients want to get invoiced on PayPal. Okay, so that narrows it down to two. And well, why do you need to do this? Why couldn't we just use a wave or Dubsado that you can invoice once or, and they can choose their payment, what they want to get their payment, how they want to pay. Mm-hmm. And then they had HelloSign and then they had Gmail and then they had a CRM connected to their Gmail and then, and nothing communicated with one another. And I'm like, well, we can institute Zaps because you can use Zapier and do all of that. But then Zaps break. And Zaps are going to cost you 20 or $30 a month on top of all the software. Or we could just move to Dubsado yeah. and it's $35 a month and you don't need HelloSign and you don't need this and you don't need, we got rid of seven pieces of software by getting Dubsado. Seven points of complication. And that's what every piece of software in your tech stack is. It's a point of complication. So there's a, a couple things in that, you know, baked into what you're saying there. One is I would call shiny object syndrome where they're, you know, trying different things because they look cool. Mm-hmm. It might be an element of desperation in that they don't quite understand how to make them work. So they keep thinking that next tool is going to fix it. Uh, and, and then really, it's just having an overall understanding and a systems thinking process to look at it from the big picture. And I suppose, you know, the, the cure for at least number two and number three is getting someone in your corner like a coach, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, having somebody... I wouldn't even necessarily say a coach is always the right answer because a lot of business coaches, and I, I put that in quotation marks, a lot of business coaches don't necessarily have a background in software. Their job is to help you get clarity on what you already are thinking of doing, not tell you what to do. A coach should never be telling you how to do something. That's not what they're there for. Mm-hmm. Now, if you hear me say I'm a business strategy coach, I'm a strategist, I do strategy and I coach. Um, if you see any of my social media, it's a completely different thing because I'm going to look at your business and go, this is what's wrong. This is what's wrong. This is what's wrong. And this is how we fix it. And then I will coach you through the process of getting yourself ready mentally to make those changes. Acceptance. <laughs> because if you, if you don't have mindset and clarity and confidence in any of those pieces, you're not going to feel comfortable with it. You're not going to stick with it. It's, it's just not going to be a good change for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because I say that you should go with XYZ, please argue with me. I, I encourage my clients to say, no, I don't think that's going to work. Don't ever take any coach's word for, oh, you should use this. 
ask them why. Prove to me why. And you, you know, the, the a lot of times the clients are in a situation where they just don't know what they don't know. And a fairly quick call with someone such as yourself, then I'm thinking will help them get some clarity around the possibilities of what can do what and what a good system setup could look like. Mm-hmm. And then they can start making decisions from there. Do I want to take this further and you know incorporate some of this? But at least I'm not going to be running out buying every little widget that yes. looks like it might help. And stop signing up for free stuff, free emails from free coaches and the free webinars and stop attending all those free things. Pick three or four coaches that you're, or people that you're going to follow and, and, and learn from no more than that, mm-hmm. because that fear of missing out that FOMO takes over and can take hold and you get that comparisonitis and then you end up with 37 systems for n- no reason or, or you're spending, oh, I hate this system. Well, you would have known that if you would have spent more time researching it and now you paid for a year of it and now you have to pay for something else because it's just not working for you. Knowing how you operate and how you plan and how you process is a big piece of knowing what systems are going to work for you. Mm -hmm. So let's uh, maybe split out a system for my business versus a system for me personally. Mm -hmm. Those aren't always the same, are they? No. My system for me personally is I handwrite every, I I brain dump. I mean, when I do my brain dump, everything goes on there. Uh Oh, I need to remember to take the dog to the vet and get dog food. Everything goes in my main brain dump. And then when I categorize things out, I categorize out the personal versus the other. And my personal stuff goes, um, you see, I have whiteboards. They're actually all clean right now because I had to treat them with WD-40 and clean them. But I have a whiteboard over there um, that is just my personal stuff that I just write everything down at, or I, I'm a huge fan of post-it notes and I'll post-it note them, put mm-hmm. them on post-it notes and then prioritize them out for my personal stuff. So that as I'm walking out of my office, I see it, I grab the thing to do and I walk out and I go do that. I come back, put that in the done area on my whiteboard, go back. And that allows me to get up and down and move around a lot during the day by having that system for myself. So I'm going to take a little bit of a guess that sometimes working on the the business side and the clients could be a little bit more attractive than than doing your own personal stuff. Now, do you uh, have any suggestions, uh, advice on staying accountable to making sure you're looking after your own system, your brain dump and your planning? So if you aren't taking care of yourself, your business is eventually going to fail. Mm-hmm. You always have to come first. And, and that was a very hard lesson for me to learn, but I always check in with myself, which is why I do my brain dump. I do do all my planning process. And then I do a self-care practice. Again, that mindset work and that journaling work every day. Because if I didn't, I wouldn't keep a pulse of what I need. And some days I'm just like, I can't, I can't do the client thing today. I'm too tired. I don't feel well. I have, I have an autoimmune disorder. There are days I just don't feel great and I can't do it. And I need to make sure that I am looking inwardly and paying attention to that so that I know that it might not be a good day for me to touch a client website and to be designing anything because I'm just just not all there today. It's just not a great idea. I don't have those creative juice or there is no way I'm sweeping my floors today. That's going to have to wait till tomorrow, mm-hmm. but I need to make sure I get it done tomorrow. So how, I'm, how am I going to make sure I get that done? Sometimes my personal clean, cleaning personal items is, is a very low priority for me most of the time. Not going to lie. There are days that things just don't get done. Mm-hmm. But I'm always evaluating and I'm always looking at that. My self-care always comes first. It comes before my business. It comes before taking care of my family, before doing anything else. Because if I am not taking care of me, 
I'm not filling my own cup. I can't pour out to anybody else. We all heard that a million times, but really making sure that I have clarity on what my goals are personally. I want my husband to redo my master bedroom closet until that gets organized. My husband ain't walking in there. So that's Mm -hmm. a priority for me. And that's an important priority for me. So how am I going to get that done? What am I going to invest in to get things done? It's always that time investment piece, but I have clarity that I'm done. My workday is done at 5 p.m. Period. End of story. Mm -hmm. That was a hard lesson for me to learn. Does my phone get carried around? Do I still chat with people? Yeah, sometimes, but only from my phone. My laptop doesn't go anywhere with me. I don't work at night most of the time. Do I sometimes? Yes, I'm a business owner. Of course I do. You can't be a small business owner and ignore your business after 5 p.m. Sometimes. Sometimes I can't work in my business because I'm or I can't work on my business because I'm always working in my business. That happens. Uh, But by keeping my priorities and being really clear on what those priorities are, that happens less and less and less and less. There are disasters and you have to dive in because somebody's website's down or somebody's email got hacked or somebody's social media got hacked. I mean, those things happen. But when that happens, something else has to come off the list that can't be done. So my friend says that having a goal planning system is a complete waste of time. Just keep things in his head and carry on. What would you tell him? Good luck with that. Come to me in two <laughs> years when your business isn't doing as well as it could be. Anybody that tells me they go plan in their head and that's good enough for them, I can show you 20 ways that you could be doubling your income by not doing that. Not really holding anything back there. Yeah. I was there. I did that. Yeah. Twelve and a half million dollars. Spoken from experience. So Danielle, would you like to tell us specifically about your business and the services you offer and how you'd like people to contact you to find out more? Sure. Uh, my marketing agency is Organized Operations for organizedoperations.com or Organized Operations on every social media platform out there. We are a full service digital marketing agency for coaches. We do websites, graphic design, web design, um, website maintenance. So that's different than design, different than writing the copy for it. But we also have copywriters. We have social media managers, strategists. Um, I am a marketing and social media strategist. So I will help you plan everything out. If you don't want to hire somebody to implement and do it for you, we could still just do implementation or uh, strategy calls so that Mm -hmm. you can implement it yourself. I also am a coach. So I do business coaching. I'm a strategist. So I will take a look and audit your business and tell you where all of the gaps are. I'm awesome at finding somebody else's gaps. I hire a strategist for my own business because I'm not awesome at seeing mine always because, I mean, we're blind to our own faults sometimes. So you need to bring somebody in to take a look and tell you what you're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. But but sometimes just being able to see the gaps and say, oh, you have this course here and this course here, you know, we could combine them into a full-fledged mastermind and make it a really good group program versus it being this weird thing that you sell once a year. Or have you thought about doing this kind of launching cycle? Because then we could take a look and launch and do it this way and probably convert 50% more than you have in the past. And that's the kind of things that I take a look at in your business and help you out with. Well, thanks so much for sharing all your wisdom, Danielle. I'm sure the the listeners are going to benefit from some of your uh, blunt advice there and the importance and the lessons you've shared. Well, thank you for having me. I very much enjoyed talking with you, Chris. Oh, I love this one. You've got lots of interesting stuff to share. Thank you so much. I've been doing this a long time. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you think the show is of value and a must-listen for someone, feel free to share it with your productivity friends. And if you do, I'd be so grateful for your support. If you want to find the links, show notes, and resources, no matter what episode you're listening to, 
head over to chrisnixon.com slash podcast. That's C-H-R-I-S-N-I-X-O-N dot com slash podcast. If you want to connect with me on social, you can find me on Facebook at chrisnixon.com slash Facebook or LinkedIn at chrisnixon.com slash LinkedIn. Join the discussion for this episode on my LinkedIn company page, linkedin.com slash company slash chrisnixon. That's all for this episode. And remember, productivity is a continuous improvement process. Space Dust by Aerotone. Copyright 2022. Licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution License. Courtesy of dig.ccmixter.org. This episode of the Productivity Mastery Method podcast is copyright to Chris Nixon 2022. All rights reserved.